The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, and others Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. He asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For that, what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. The Gospel of the Lord. Incarnate God, who is with us, for us, one of us, help us to get far enough outside ourselves to see and know your realities in the world around us. Amen. I have two stories for you today. One is about a caterpillar named Stripe. The other is the gospel we just read, which I feel compelled to retell because there is so much packed into this brief three-paragraph gospel that it's hard to hear it all in just one reading. First, the gospel. Jesus and his friends are walking from village to village in Caesarea Philippi, which is just outside the edge of ancient Israel. While they walk, Jesus asks the disciples, Who do people say that I am? What's the buzz? What are the rumors? How are people perceiving me? The disciples tell him what the various speculations are. And he takes that in. And then he asks them an even more important question. Who do you say that I am? And then a really big thing happens. Peter has a revelation, and for the first time in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus is openly named as the Messiah. And he doesn't deny it. He tells them not to tell anyone, but he doesn't deny it. 
The unfathomable truth of the incarnation has been spoken out loud. And Jesus, perhaps sensing the danger of this truth, swears his friends to secrecy. Paragraph 2. Jesus figures now that his friends know the truth, they may as well know what's coming so they can prepare themselves. So he tells them about his coming persecution, death, and resurrection. I think they missed the part about the resurrection because they get really upset here. And Peter rebukes Jesus for making such pessimistic predictions on the tales of having just been outed as the Savior of Israel. Jesus responds by rebuking Peter. Get behind me, Satan. This, I would imagine, probably hurt Peter's feelings. It probably also confused everyone present. Jesus is basically saying, yes, I am God, but don't tell anyone. And by the way, he will be humiliated, tortured, killed, and then magically brought back to life. Expecting a shining warrior? Well, too bad. Try to start wrapping your head around a whole different idea of the incarnation, because the journey with Jesus is about to get a little trickier. Paragraph 3. The disciples are told that if they want to continue to follow Jesus, they are going to have to let go of who they thought they were, what they thought they knew, and how they previously perceived their realities. They are told to deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow Jesus. And if they are ashamed of this newly spoken reality of the Messiah being humbled on earth instead of exalted on earth, then they can take a hike. So that's today's gospel. The first naming of Jesus as Messiah... His request to keep it all a secret, the first prediction of the crucifixion, and some really harsh stuff about denying oneself in order to follow Christ. Story number two. As a teenager, one of my favorite books was a picture book called Hope for the Flowers. In it, a caterpillar named Stripe goes on a great journey to figure out his role in the world. He ends up finding a pillar of caterpillars all climbing each other. And so he climbs with them and discovers that everyone is just looking out for themselves and trying to get to the top by stepping on everyone else. And none of them know what's at the top. He doesn't know what's at the top. But he decides to climb along. And he assumes that what he wants most is to reach the top. And so he does everything in his power to get there until one day one day he sees a butterfly it's flying by the pillar and he is amazed and he is filled with peace he stops following his selfish urges curls up in a ball and rolls to the bottom he has seen another way of being he doesn't understand it But it calls him out of himself enough to redirect his course. Now, even if you haven't read the book, you can guess the rest of the story. Because we know what happens to caterpillars, don't we? He lets go of his caterpillarness, 
spins a cocoon and emerges as a new creation. More himself than he knew he could be. Are you sensing the tension in both of these stories yet? We have characters who are really stuck in themselves. And they are being called to discard bits of themselves, their assumptions, their preconceived notions, and experience something bigger and better than they imagined. And it's not easy. The people who guessed wrong about Jesus' identity, they were relying on their own assumptions. Peter was, for a moment, open to something outside of his own knowing. He had to have been, because guessing that Jesus was the Messiah was totally irrational. I mean, nothing about Jesus looked like the scriptural predictions of the royal warrior who was coming to save Israel from Rome. And yet, Peter claimed Jesus' divine identity. And he was right. But then... He freaked out and returned to his own understanding when Jesus revealed the scarier parts of the story. And Jesus responded harshly, reminding Peter to come back to the bigger picture, reminding him not to get stuck in his own small knowing. Jesus names Satan. And in doing so, he names Peter's rejection of the hard truth as evil and sinful. We don't talk much about sin in the Episcopal Church, but it's worth noting that Augustine wrote about sin as self-centeredness. Most things that we consider sinful have to do with someone being self-centered. And Peter rebuking Jesus was no different. His own expectations and hopes and dreams were turned on their head, and he was not happy about it. Jesus had to name Peter's self-centeredness as sinful in order to get his friend Peter out of himself so he could see a bigger truth. Then Jesus called all of his followers to get outside their understandings, to deny themselves, take up the hard task of seeing through a much wider lens and thus become new creations. I love that Jesus chose to have this conversation geographically in the borderland, just beyond all that was familiar to his disciples. Back to Stripe. Stripe the caterpillar had to learn to get beyond the familiar as well. He faced the same tensions as the disciples. Stripe could never have gotten off that miserable squirmy pillar had he not seen a glimpse of possibility in the butterfly and decided to follow something outside himself rather than following his own selfish desire to be higher than the other caterpillars. He had to give up control, give up knowing, give up security. He had to die to his safest way of being and open himself to something new. And when he did, he spread his wings and he soared high above the caterpillar pillars. That's pillars, plural, 
You see, from his new perspective in the sky, he could see that there were hundreds of caterpillar pillars, just like his own. And nobody was getting anywhere on any of them. So those were two stories. The Gospel and Stripes. Two stories about getting beyond ourselves. Our knowing, our perceived limits to something that might be very scary. But something that promises to be better. Grounded in the limitless mystery of God's love. There is a third story. There are many of them. They're your stories, my stories, Jesus' stories in the here and now. A third story takes place every time we lend a helping hand. Every time we decide to get curious instead of getting grumpy at the many inconveniences in our relationships. A third story happens when we get outside ourselves and our own way of seeing things and we end up experiencing God. Some of you may remember that two weeks ago I preached about going inside ourselves to be with God at the center of who we are. And today I'm preaching about getting outside ourselves. When we talk about going within, we have to remember that there is a significant difference between being centered with God inside ourselves and being self-centered. They may look dangerously similar at times, but only one of them goes hand in hand with getting outside of ourselves with God. Now, both our inner journey and our journey outside ourselves are required in order for us to live fully into who we are created to be, representative of God's love on earth. We are not strong enough to voyage outside ourselves if we are not fueled by God's love within the core of our very being. And we have no idea what to look for within ourselves if we have not sought God out in the world outside of ourselves. Peter survived Jesus' reprimands, and he experienced God anew. He even went on to build the church, and he did so based on what he saw when Jesus pulled him out of himself into a bigger reality. Now, if he could manage that, and if the small striped caterpillar could figure out how to get off his caterpillar pillar and follow the Spirit's guidance into a new way of being, I have a hunch that we, too, can widen our lenses and open up the way for God's love to grow among us. Amen.